Can you legally name your baby methamphetamine? An artist has to repay a museum after delivering blank canvases. And a teacher was fired after reading from Anne Frank's diary. These are the weird stories for Wednesday on Weird AF News, the only daily weird news podcast in the universe. I have three weird news segments from all around the world for you today. Let's jump right into it. Can you name your baby after methamphetamine? Well, it worked in Australia. The question is, are there any names you can't legally call your baby in Australia? It's a question that many people were wondering. There's a journalist from Australia in this story named Kirsten Drysdale. She did a social experiment. When she gave birth to her third son, she decided to put the legality of names in Australia to a test. She submitted the name to the Births, Deaths, and Marriages organization as Methamphetamine Rules. Methamphetamine Rules. So not just methamphetamine. Methamphetamine Rules. She is quoted in the story as saying, We thought we would submit the most outrageous name we could think of, assuming it would be rejected. But it didn't turn out that way at all. Unfortunately, methamphetamine rules slipped through the cracks. I mean, is this parental malpractice to use your child as some sort of social experiment, naming it after methamphetamine? I mean, I'm sure you can maybe call them Methaniel, and that might be okay. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's methamphetamine rules, lady. I mean, you've done this to your child. A spokesperson for the births, deaths, and marriages said that the unusual name had unfortunately slipped through the cracks. They said they recently strengthened the registry's process in response to this highly unusual event, and we'll be working with the family to actually change the name from methamphetamine rules to something, um, I assume, normal. Well, it doesn't indicate what name they're going to choose, but they said it's going to be more normal, so maybe it won't be methamphetamine rules. Maybe it'll be methamphetamine is a bad choice. Methamphetamine will take down your life. Methamphetamine dot dot dot. Boo! Now, although the parties involved will be changing the name to something, quote, normal, the spokesperson at the organization says, unfortunately, that doesn't mean the original name goes away from the documents. Apparently, a name registered at birth remains on the births, deaths, and marriages register forever, even if the name is later formally changed. Now, in this story, Kirsten says methamphetamine rules wasn't the only name they considered. <laughs> what else did you consider, Kirsten? Uh... Crackhead Charlie? I mean, what? <laughs> My daughter's a prostitute? What, what were you thinking here? Apparently, it was a choice between methamphetamine rules and Nang's rule. Nang's refers to the Australian slang word for nitrous oxide canisters that are used to get high. She decided against Nang's rule in case... The registrar didn't know what Nang's were, being that it's slang, and that it was approved. She was trying to choose something that would get disapproved in this social experiment. Kirsten says, We chose methamphetamine thinking there's no way anyone will see that word and think it's an okay name for a baby. She also added that her husband took some convincing to agree to this experiment. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, I would never agree to this experiment, and I'm pretty weird, and I love pranks, but... You know, it's going to be on the child's documents forever. And, I, you know, you got to think about what the child's going to think of this later on. People with 
weird names, even slightly weird names, like not even methamphetamine rules. If you give your child a name like, I don't know, windshield wiper, I mean, your child's going to get their ass kicked at school with a name like that. Never mind methamphetamine something something. <sighs> Kirsten said she was under the impression that if a name was rejected by the registry, they choose one for you. Why would they do that? Why would a registry choose your baby's name for you? That doesn't sound at all reasonable. She reached out to the registry for answers to show to for her own segment that she was doing because she's some sort of journalist. She's using this for her work, apparently. Just, you know, just messing with her baby's life to come up with a story for work. I don't know if this is a good enough reason, to be honest with you. The segment she was doing on what names can legally be given to a baby in Australia... Uh, the spokesperson for the births, deaths, and marriages said it does not choose what name the parents give the child after all. However, the state government's website detailing the rules states if a name for a baby cannot be registered and parents don't provide an alternative, the registrar organization may actually assign a name themselves. Under the current rules, the registrar will not approve a name if it is offensive and not in the public interest. It also will not approve given names that are more than 50 characters, including symbols or an official title or rank such as princess, queen, or goddess. Kirsten says she's not going to reveal what her baby's new name is yet. She says, my husband said maybe his nickname should be Speedy, but I'm sure he'll develop his own nickname that's appropriate to his real name and his personality. He's a very chill child, a beautiful baby boy, so not anything like a meth user, I'd say. Well, you know, I'm not a parent, so let me ask my parents who are listeners to Weird AF News. Do you think this is parental malpractice to use your baby for some social experiment? Also, that's sort of for your job as well. Making a profit by giving your baby th this horrible name that is always going to be on legal documents somewhere. What do you think? Call the show 646-450-2012. An artist has to repay a museum for submitting blank canvases as artwork to the museum. This is a Danish artist who was given large, large sums of money uh, by a museum and submitted empty frames as his artwork. The artist has been ordered by the court to repay those funds. The artist's name is Jens Hanning. Jens is a conceptual artist whose work focuses on power and inequality. Jens Hanning was commissioned in 2021 by the Kunsten Museum of Modern Art in northern Denmark to recreate some earlier works that used banknotes to represent average incomes. Hanning had two works, one in 2007 called The Average Danish Annual Income and another in 2011 called The Aust Austrian Incomes. And in these artworks, actual banknotes were fixed to the canvas in a frame. And somehow that was art. <laughs> Sounds like you're hiring a con artist from the get-go museum. What are you doing? I mean, any of us could just paste banknotes onto a blank canvas. So, I mean, I don't know how much they paid this guy. How, let me see here. The museum provided 60,000 euro from its reserves to recreate artworks, as well as an artist's fee of about 40,000 krone. When the staff unpacked the newly delivered artwork, they found two empty frames with the title, Take the Money and Run. <laughs> That's kind of funny. If this was all intentional by the artist to just, you know, jack some free cash from the museum, then it's pretty funny. 
my question is this all took place in 2021. Why did it take the museum so long to decide they want their money back? <laughs> Upon opening the artwork, I would have been like, hey, man, we got scammed. Get this guy on the phone. No, no, that's not what happened at all. In fact, the museum put the new artworks on display. <laughs> blank, blank frames on display. Okay, okay. Well, modern art, you might look at that and think that it's modern. Modern art is really stupid. And in, in my opinion, not art, artwork at all. It's a bunch of trash. And sometimes it literally is trash. I saw, oh, oh one artwork display. It was... It was crunched up hot dog wrappers that were tossed into a corner. That was the art. That was it. They were hot dog wrappers in the corner, on the ground. <laughs> art! <laughs> you guys want to buy it? $5,000. Doesn't say how long the artworks were on display at this museum, but eventually the museum took some legal action against Hanning. And on Monday, a court in Copenhagen ordered the artist to repay the money that was loaned to him, but said he should still be paid his fee. At the time, we have someone named Lassie Anderson, the director of the museum, who said, quote, We are not a wealthy museum at all. We have to think carefully about how we spend our funds, and we don't spend more than we can afford. Well, I mean, if you carefully spend your funds that you don't have, then why did you hire someone whose previous work was just to glue some money onto a blank canvas? I mean, that just seems like rudimentary artwork in museum protocol, in my opinion. Hanning was interviewed, told the media, the work is that I have taken their money. It's not theft. It is breach of contract, and breach of contract is part of the work. I encourage other people who have working conditions as miserable, miserable as mine to do the same. If they're sitting in some crappy job and not getting paid and are actually being asked to pay money to go to work, then grab what you can and beat it. Oh, so this guy is owning the fact that he was trying to con this museum, actually. And it says here, Hanning now appears to be in a bit of a pickle. He claims he doesn't even have the money to repay the museum at all. Here's a quote from him. It has been good for my work, but it also puts me in an unmanageable situation where I don't really know what I'm going to do. Well, Hanning, just do what all the other modern artists do. Just call your parents for money. Yay! A teacher has been fired after reading Anne Frank's book to the class. The story's out of Texas. A middle school teacher has been let go after assigning and reading from an unapproved illustrated version of Anne Frank's diary to her eighth grade reading class. The teacher was sent home a few days ago after reading a passage from Anne Frank's diary, the graphic adaptation in which Frank wrote about male and female genitalia. An investigation into the incident has since ensued. The school district has since sent a statement to the parents in the class of the students in the class saying, as you may be aware, following concerns regarding curricular selections in your student's reading class, a substitute teacher has been facilitating the class since Wednesday, September 13th. The district is currently in the process of posting to secure a high-quality, full-time teacher as quickly as they possibly can. And Frank, a Jewish teenager, journaled her experiences as she and her family hid from Nazis in the Netherlands for two years. Her diary, which was published in 1947, has been used in schools for decades to educate students on the Holocaust. 
While previous versions of Frank's diary omitted certain sections in which she wrote about sexuality, this 2018 graphic novel, adapted by Ari Fullman and illustrated by David Polonsky, remains faithful to Anne Frank's original text. Now, while school officials claim the adaptation of Anne Frank's diary was not approved, it was included on a reading list sent to parents at the start of the school year. The investigation will determine if the teacher pivoted from the original approved curriculum if, or if administrators were aware of the book being part of the class. Well, I'm sure the book was approved, but it probably just said Anne Frank's diary. It probably didn't give any specifics. It seems like there's variations of it. There's an edited version and an unedited version. When I was in school, it was required reading, and we had the edited version from what I understand. I don't remember any writings being of a sexual nature in the version that I read. It says here, the unabridged version of Frank's diary has recently sparked controversy in other Texas schools, including in Dallas-Fort Worth, where it was pulled from library shelves last year, along with the Bible. The Bible? Well, there is some, there is some graphic sexuality in the Bible and some weird stuff having to do with what seemed to be aliens. My goodness, have you guys seen the aliens in the Bible? What is that all about? In Florida, the graphic novel adaptation was removed from a high school in Vero Beach earlier this year after a parent complained about its sexual content as well. Now, I can't really speak to the sexual content that's in Anne Frank's diary because I don't even know what it is. What is she talking about up there? She's she's hiding in an attic. I assume she's not messing around with boys, right? So what could it be? Probably stuff about her own body as she hits puberty, I'd imagine, which is something you would naturally write about in your diary. It, as any young woman would, I'd, I'd imagine. I guess the question is, how graphic is it? <laughs> and then in the bigger picture, how graphic is it compared to what went on in the Holocaust? I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm sure it's okay for the kids to read about what went on in the Holocaust, but not about some young girl's body changes. That seems strange, but it is like that in my culture. You know, sexuality seems to be so taboo, but we have no problem showing all sorts of violence and gore on all streaming platforms everywhere. Even in commercials, you'll see violence and, and guns and whatnot. But no, oh no, not the body. Not the body. Not a little boob slip. Oh, my goodness. It's the end of the culture if there's a boob slip. Now, you know, coming down from an administration standpoint, you have to ask yourself, well, what is the purpose of having students read Anne Frank's diary? Is it to learn about the Holocaust? If that's the case, just get the, the edited version. You don't need this other stuff. That's just my opinion. But then again, you're dealing with eighth graders. So if they happen to read about a young girl getting her period and, and wondering about her sexuality, I don't think it's the end of the world for an eighth grade class. I mean, that's, I'm not a parent, though. But I think by the eighth grade, kids have been exposed to all sorts of crap by then. You know, they got smartphones, don't they? I mean, this isn't going to be exactly shocking to them, I would assume. What do you guys think? Call the show. You have the number. You have the number. Maybe you have children. Yay! Hello, my friends and loyal listeners of the Weird AF News podcast. Thanks for spending some time with Jonesy in the closet today. I appreciate that. If you guys would like to reach out to the show, I left a number. You can leave a voicemail if any of these stories triggered you. Or if you just want to say hello and see how I'm doing, that's really sweet of you. You can email me to funnyjones at gmail.com. You can also slide into my DMs on Instagram at funnyjones as well. 
If you would like to support the show, you can buy Jonesy a coffee off my website, weirdafnews.com, or you can join the Patreon by going to patreon.com slash weirdafnews or downloading the Patreon app on your phone and doing a search for Weird AF News. It's the only one there. And those are some ways in which you can support the show. You can also leave a review on Amazon or iTunes or in places like that. Or tell a friend about Weird AF News. Appreciate that. Appreciate your time. I'll keep this brief. And we'll see you tomorrow, guys. Good night.